0: They can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepp for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
3: This episode was recorded live at the Manor Vale Lodge. Conversations on dance at the Vale Dance Festival is generously underwritten by the town of Vale. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro.
2: And I'm Michael Sean Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance.
3: Hi, everyone. Uh, Wow, it was another spectacular year um, at the Vale Dance Festival, and it just wrapped up. Uh, We had such a great time being back together in the mountains, watching exceptional dance and interviewing festival artists to get a deeper look um, at their history and process while, uh, they were at the festival. So thank you to Damien Wetzel and Heather Watts for putting together another great year of dance. Uh, we hope that if you were in Vail in person that you enjoyed your experience. And if you weren't able to be there, we hope that you were following along with us here on Conversations on Dance. Uh, if you missed any of the episodes, they are all available now on our feed that you can find through your favorite podcast app. Uh, you can also browse them all on our website conversationsondancepod.com pod.com. Um, unfortunately Michael and I couldn't be unveiled for the very last day of performances so we had our friend and audience fave Kate Penner hop on the mic for this episode with Nell Shelby and Christopher Duggan um, hear them chat about how they all work together each year to bring festival happenings to everyone uh, through film and photos so don't miss the stream of the final performance of the festival now premieres uh, it's now available in its entirety. It was live streamed by Nell and her team. Uh, So visit VeilDance.org to watch now, or you can click the link in the show notes. Uh, Before we get started, if you're new to Conversations on Dance, welcome. We are so happy to have you here with us. Uh, We hope that you will subscribe to the pod and leave us a review wherever you listen. All right, Kate, take it away.
2: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Conversations on Dance here live at the Vale Dance Festival. My name is Kate Penner, and I'm this morning's host, and I'm here with two of our wonderful team members, Nell Shelby, our videographer, and Christopher Duggan, our festival photographer. Um, we're thrilled to have them here, and I know that so many people who are not able to join us live are able to experience so much of the festival by being online, so let's dive right in, shall we? Sure. Okay. So my first question to you is, how did
4: you first get involved in the world of dance? Oh, oh wow. wow. <laughs> you start. Okay. Um, so I was one of those dancers or young children that um, started dance at three years old and um, tap jazz, ballet, all the things at what I call Dolly Dinkle School of Dance. And... Um, and just continued to dance my whole um, childhood and did musical theater and sang and um, then ended up going to um, school for, for dance and got a BFA in dance. Previous to that, which I actually just heard the other day that one of the first performances here in Vail before the dance festival was here it was Up With People and it was like <laughs> in a tent here and I heard I think the mayor say that I performed with up with people around the world um, when I was 19, and then I ended up going to school um, and got a BFA in dance and a BS in broadcast video, a uh, bachelor's of science. And, and that's, so dance has just really been in my life, um, you know, forever. And, and it's just a big, it's just been a big part of who I am. So
2: it goes way back for you. Christopher, where, where and when did you get connected to the world of dance?
1: Um, growing up, my parents loved going to the theater. So I was exposed to a lot as a kid. And then in college, I was in the uh, theater program. I was never a dancer, but I, I, um, I studied theater in school and, and the theater and dance were in the same department. So I was exposed there too, but it was really like when I moved to New York city and I was really interested in African drumming, I started taking drum class and the, uh, rhythms from Guinea and West Africa and the drums and the dance are so. Intertwined, that it's really kind of sa- almost the same. And so, like ten years of really intensely playing drums and several trips to West Africa for study um, gave me my training and probably ear for musicality and listening, uh, you know, f- to the dance but I I tell people that the secret to becoming a dance photographer is to marry Nell Shelby.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So you were leading right into my next question, which is when you first started out
4: with videography, was your initial intent to Mm -hmm. be filming dance? Uh, Definitely. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you almost don't realize how you make decisions. Like, I knew that I wanted to get a BFA in dance. It had just been a part of my life. And that seemed like the right fit. So when I, I went to a school, a small women's college in Missouri that had a really good dance department. And, um, and then like, before I knew it, I'm majoring in broadcast. And I'm like, I even say to my mom, I'm like, do you remember why I made that decision? Like, it's been lost
2: to the sands of time. Been, like, it totally it.
4: has. And, and so I, I did major in broadcast. I've, I have always loved film. I've always loved video. Um, and I've always loved TV. You know, so I thought I was going to be in front of the camera, and um, and so that that was pretty much like I combined the two together. I thought I was completely brilliant by combining um, broadcast video and dance together, and I'm in the middle of Missouri, so I'm thinking, nobody else does this. Like I'm the only one, and my, my best friend who now works on The Bachelor in Los Angeles, um, she majored in dance and and, and broadcast video. So. We thought we were both brilliant, and, um, and then it wasn't until I went to Jacob's Pillow Dance Festival as an intern, right after I graduated from, from college, that I realized that, that there is a world of dance and video, and um, so that was my biggest introduction to it, of like, oh, this exists. And and that's how I I put the two together, and then just it just has continued. It's just that's that's kind of so it was from the beginning, really amazing. College,
2: yeah. Chris, was it from the beginning for you? How did you start in photography, and was it initially sort of focused towards dance?
4: It was
1: uh, it was not focused towards dance. Again, like it wasn't until uh, I started dating Nell that I got exposed to you know the possibility of photographing dance. And I was I was I do a lot of weddings and events. Um, and at the time, I was thinking I wanted to photograph weddings, and um, and Nell also was a Pilates instructor many years ago, and introduced me to one of her Pilates uh, colleagues who needed some portraits. And I had rented a at the time I'd rented a, a digital camera for the weekend for this portrait shoot, and it just so happened that Nell had a shoot to go to, um, and I said I've got this camera. Do you think the choreographer would let me come and shoot some pictures? And so I they did, and I did, and I got this one photo that I was just like wow, you know, like, oh my God. And that was like the spark that I was like, maybe I could do this. This is really exciting. Like I, it was so like fulfilling. And, um, so that was kind of the, the way that I got started. And it was, and it was a couple of years later that Nell was working at Jacob's Hill Dance Festival and they hired me to shoot some cocktail parties in the gala as an event photographer. Um, and they were like, well, you can shoot, the dance stuff too, but they but at the time, like the New York Times and the Boston Globe were still sending their own photographers, so they didn't really need dance photography, even though they're a dance festival. Um, but I so I that's how I kind of like cut my teeth, so to speak, by like practicing on shooting a lot of dance at Jacob's Pillow.
2: That's fantastic. I really like how you're talking about moments of spontaneity, both of you, where it's not necessarily your intention that you're gonna merge dance with these two fields. And I think one of my questions is dance is, at least inside the dance world, people often feel like, you know, video and photography are very um, challenging art forms to mix with dance, but in the 21st century, it's extremely critical for dance to be photographed and videoed. And I was wondering what are some of the ways that you sort of make sure that your own creative voice shines, but that you also honor Mm -hmm. The people whose work that you're featuring Mm -hmm. in your own medium. Chris, do you want to start?
1: Yeah, I mean, I do, like I said, I do a lot of weddings and um, I kind of approach weddings and dance in the same kind of way. Like I want the spirit and the essence and the atmosphere of the family and the couple at a wedding to really shine through. And when I'm photographing a performance, I want the choreographer's vision and point of view and beauty and the dancer's expression to really kind of come through. So like, I'm not there to, you know, win some photo contest with my artistic creation, so to speak, like I really want to kind of hone in and onto the essence of like the work, you know? And then I get to do like dance portraits and stuff with with, uh, dancers also, and that's where I I really kind of feel like I can bring my voice like even more. So I kind of feel like honing in on that real kind of like human expression is really what excites me.
2: Mm. You can definitely see that in your work
1: too.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so my background is definitely much more like what you would say like documentation. So that's really how I started my career at Jacob's Pillow Dance Festival is we were documenting the whole festival. So the difference I feel with documentation is really you're just filming what is there. Like you are not making your own thing. And so that's, that's my, that's like where I, where I began. So I feel like the way that. I work with artists is really to not make my own thing. Pretty much like what Christopher's saying, I—that's not my intention ever. I, when I'm filming the work, I want to make sure that I'm capturing like what is on stage and, and and really trying to give that essence on on video. Which of course people would like battle with me and just be like, but they there's such different mediums. Like they, there's no way that you can try to get what they're actually doing on video. So, I will say, as a side note, I've had a lot of therapy in my office over the years with choreographers. <laughs> um, I sometimes like call myself a videographer slash therapist um because th- I'll sit there and these choreographers will just be like, "This is not my you know my work shouldn't be on video, that's not where it belongs, and that kind of thing. But I really do try to collaborate with the artist in the sense that um." I'm I'm just setting them at ease of like, I'm not trying to do my own thing. And then if we are trying to do our own thing, we'll do, you know, if we're making a dance film or something like that, then that's a different kind of collaboration. Um, so that's, that's. Th- I hope that answers your question. It absolutely does. Okay. <laughs> I do
2: want to pull the curtain back a little bit and give some context to that question Is in the sense that a lot of people who are making dance, a lot of people who are dance artists are really trained in a live medium you're trained to perform to people who are in the room with you like right now and as you're developing your training and as you're getting a sense of different works you're never thinking about what does this look like on video and then to suddenly be sitting across from a videographer or even looking at photos you're like All I have to anchor myself in that moment is what it feels like or what I thought it would look like live in the space and so Mm -hmm. I can imagine with both of you there's often like a lot of friction sometimes but with people who are like Mm -hmm. I've never thought about you know is this a faithful representation of of, you know what I'm trying to achieve um, and how you might be mitigating that and managing people's people's yeah
4: I would say the turning point was COVID because then everyone had to pay attention to us because that's the only way that they could get their work seen is able to actually like laughing back there. It was on my team. Because um, that, then they had to be like, whoa, I need to see what my work looks like on video. And they're looking at the screen with me, like when we're in the theater, because we were filming a lot in the theater without an audience, to be able to capture that work. And so that actually was very helpful to my career, honestly, <laughs> because, because then, then it set a lot of artists, choreographers at ease. Of, to be yeah, more comfortable be okay. presenting the work digitally. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
2: I'd like to sort of zoom in on what a day in your life is like here at the festival. Um, Chris, you can get as technical as you like, but what does it look like for you to prepare? What are you doing during the day? Share with our audience sort of how are you managing all of your equipment? And what does your day look like prior to a show?
1: I mean, the day starts very early in the morning with a text from my assistant in Atlanta with a little done exclamation point because every night after the show I work my photos and by about midnight I send them to Atlanta for her to cut them down to size, pick 50 selects, do some color correction, turn them around, and send them back to me. So it starts with a hopefully I wake up to a text. And so far, n- nine days in a row, I've got that text. Um, so then I sit down at the computer for an hour and you know, import those photos back into my computer, rename them, organize them, tag them, export them to a couple of different folders, and then upload them to, um, to the marketing department. Uh, we use SharePoint for foldering and stuff. Um, some breakfast, some kid time, um, and then looking at my schedule to see what's going on. Sometimes I come here to photograph the conversations on dance. There's master classes, um, a couple I think every morning. There's other kinds of events like yesterday we had Aji Sissoko did an open house. I went to and photographed photograph that. There's rehearsals in multiple locations all day long. There's two tents, there's the there's two studios at VMS, there's also a theater at VMS, and there's the stage at the Gerald oh, R. Ford. Going on. Um, yeah, so there's there's multiple and I'm not on everything. There's another photographer, Chris Kendig, that's photographing events and master classes and um, Rehearsals as well, um, but I'm going to. You know, the marketing department is picking different ones for me to go to make photographs of. Um, if I have a gap in between, then I'm back to my apartment to download and get those pictures on the computer, so again I can turn them back around um, and then getting ready for the show. You know, and shoot the show live, um, scoot home after the show to download and preview and upload and work those 1,500 photos that I just took at the show, sometimes more. I have a photographer yeah. friend in the back who shoots the shows also, Chris Schoenwald. Um, so, and then, yeah, and then get, you know, stand online and get some food, hopefully, bring it back to the, to the apartment and get those pictures out. And every, every night, you know, I'm getting all the pictures that we shot all day long, and that's somewhere between two and 4,000 pictures again, to my assistant in Atlanta so she can help uh, get those polished and ready for, you know, They're once I deliver in the morning, like, they're done. Like, all the pictures are there. They're ready for use. And, like, yesterday is over. And now I can just focus on today.
2: I think every time I talk to someone about what's happening with our digital media at the festival, it's, like, shocking to them that it's that many photos, that much video. Nell, can you talk to us a little bit about what a day in your life is like? Because I think a lot of people are most familiar with the sort of sizzle and highlight reels that come from the individual performances, but could you shed a little light on what's happening during your day mm-hmm. before a show in the evening?
4: Yeah, it's um, so we are so we bring a lot of equipment from New York City, <laughs> and um, we bring three cameras and tons of sound equipment. And um, I have to rent um, I rent two iMac computers. We set up a little studio in our condo. We have four computers. You should all see it. It's just like a very exciting dining room table, and um, and and so mainly we've already talked about like with you and Kristen on the marketing team and Damien about the films that we're going to make. So we are we are making. I'm producing 15 films. Um, so this year we're producing 15 films and we're filming nine shows. And we film the nine shows with um, four cameras, and that goes out onto the lawn screen. I mix that live. I'm directing those cameras downstairs. And then. If um, you were to go backstage at the GRFA, you would find Nell in what is a very small room with
2: a headset on, um, managing the shot that people from the lawn are enjoying on some of our screens. Yes. Which is
4: new in the last like five years. Five years, yeah. I'm no longer in like a closet. Now I'm in kind of Upgraded. Like, a, <laughs> like a like That's a right. bigger room. Um, the cable room you used to cable, be in. Like. Yeah, I was in supposedly I just heard I'm in Damien's old office right now. So that there's good energy. That is a big vibes. upgrade. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so mainly what what we're doing. I have a team of Ashley's here, and well, my child's there, but in the back end, our friend Kelsey. Um, but Ashley, Lauren, um, and Sonia are all here. So there's and then and then we have someone else that's local that's helping us. So there's so I'm managing all of them. So mainly kind of like Christopher, I actually wake up very early here. I love that we have a gym at Manorvale. I try to get myself to sweat. I'm staring at all these dancers all day and I have that in my body as well. So I'm getting myself moving. And, and then I'm making sure that everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing on the team. So we have a little G-chat and I'm like, okay, Ashley, you're filming this. Lauren, you're gonna edit this. Um, I'm doing this. Sonia's going to upload the show or you know, deal with the show that we did the night before and make sure that all our audio is good and and we've exported the show and everything and we've uploaded it to Vimeo. Um, So I'm probably giving some lingo right now, but maybe you're following. I think Um, people are actually,
2: even though some of the verbiage is technical, everyone having a smartphone and becoming a little bit more acquainted and what happens to your phone when you shoot video for a really long time, how quickly your phone fills up. Has anyone experienced that? (laughs) The amount of management that happens across this team because we are shooting in such high quality footage is just like, it's really astonishing to look at how well-coordinated both of you are in terms of managing what is an, an astounding amount of digital memory that takes up a lot of space on a device.
4: Yeah, we do, right. We we purchase, if, if this sounds like anything, we have two 12-terabyte drives, and we've already almost filled them all up. Um, and in fact, yesterday, Lauren was like, no, I'm nervous. You know, it's almost we're almost filled up, and we still have another show to film tonight. Um, and so mainly, we're making sure that everyone knows where they're filming, so we're filming... What, it, it really depends on what we're producing. So like this year we're producing a video like specifically that we've had to shoot the most for, is called The Hive. And it's Damien's idea of showing everyone these nine, well actually there might be even more, but um, nine to 10 to 11 new works that are going to be performed tonight and with nine choreographers. And so we wanna make sure we touch all those rehearsals and we film them, we mic them, we might do short little interviews. And so that's what we're doing during the day. At the same time, perhaps we've filmed, let's say, international evenings the night before. And like Kate was saying, we are going to do a sizzle for that. And a sizzle is just like a bunch of the pieces put together. So Lauren, our editor, she will like look at the, she'll look at the um, the video, and she'll pull out some really beautiful moments, and she'll put that all together into like a four-minute video with all the graphics. And she'll send that off. So then we'll send that off to Damian and Kate and Kristen. They'll take a look at it. Um, they'll give us changes. So Lauren's working on that throughout the day while Sonia's exporting the show while Ashley and I are filming, <laughs> and and we're interviewing people, and um, and then and then we get ready for the show. And then um, we get to the the theater around 5:30. We make sure all four of our cameras are set up. We check everything. We make sure we can see everything. We make sure the screen is turned on. We troubleshoot anything we need to, and then we film the show. We go back. We manage all that media, um, put it into the computer, <laughs> run back to the amphitheater to get some dinner, <laughs> then go and maybe we all jump in the hot tub. Like there and no then the next day it repeats again. And then and then we repeat again. And and a lot of it. The thing I I really have continued to love about the work is like working so closely with you, Damien, and Kristen, and I love that Damien is so in it with us. You know, it's like you would think that he's just too busy to look at these videos, but he has really, number one, he's taught me to work really fast and quick. Um, He is a fast worker, as you all can imagine how much goes on at this festival, and he's also very of quality. So I feel like we are just really, my job is to just keep up the quality of what we produce and what we make. Um, and, and Damien and I really, I feel like we continue to like work on that together and make sure that we're keeping up that quality. So I think it's really fun. So throughout the day, we're texting with Damien and making sure that, you know, he's happy with everything.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we have a lot of text chains going. I frequently fig- get very confused about yeah, who I'm talking true. to. I think
4: we need to adjust that.
2: Chris. I, <laughs> Chris, I wanted to ask you, I feel like photography is one of the most challenging forms to bring to a live performance because the moments are so fleeting. And I was wondering, what is your preparation? How do you approach a live performance so that you really feel like you're getting those moments that are sort of iconic within a particular piece that is um, you know, very famous or a, a, a classic, as well as things that are world premieres that folks have really never seen before.
1: Right, the pressure is on tonight, right? We have all these world premieres, some of which I have seen some of the making of, some of, like Justin Peck's piece, I haven't been in any of his rehearsals, so I don't know what that's gonna look like at all. I, to be honest with you, I don't like when choreographers give me notes ahead of time or, you know, oh, there's this moment of da da da, because it gets me, like, kind of nervous and, like, thinking that that's the moment. I mean, I had a show one time where they talked about this, like, gun moment, and all I could think about through the whole piece was, when is this gun gonna happen? (laughs) And I missed so many other things because I was waiting for the gun, and it ended up being, like, this not moment thing, you know, that was just it. it. So I like to just really rely on my African drumming training and like hone in on the music, listen to the music and follow the dancer. Like with the experience that I have now, like you can sort of like feel the dancer, like getting ready for like a leap or a something. And if you're listening to the music, especially with the classical ballet and things that are on the music, can really kind of hone in on uh, what those moments really like might be
2: did you find that that was a steep learning curve because you know as a student of dance and then a dancer myself I have been perhaps we'll call it a victim of photographers who were less familiar with timing Um, (laughs) how long does it take to learn that did you find yourself from your musical background really like leaning, finding yourself already very comfortable in the timing of classical dance or other types of dance? Or was it something that you really had to focus on and develop and practice?
1: The timing, I feel like I had a natural knack for. And over time has gotten sharper and sharper. And also my camera is really awesome. And I can like really like grab (laughs) it from my hip. I can like, you know, grab it from my hip and just, you know, bang, kind of, when I feel something coming, if I'm not already like, that's usually like in a rehearsal. And then kind of nail it, you know, Um, the the timing of it. The thing that has taken me longer and has more of a learning curve was like, what are the, picking the photos that the dancers are gonna really love, you know? Because like, I'll get this like really great quote unquote photo and they look at it and they're like, ooh, my foot, or ooh, my this, or ooh, you know? And they'll kill the photo because of that. And and over time I've learned more and more and more what is something that they are are, are gonna love. And that's why like people like Aaron Baiano and Rosalie O'Connor and some of these incredible photographers with a ballet and dance background probably had those they know they knew from when they got started like what a dancer would like. And for me, I had to really kind of like learn that.
2: Nell, you were talking about being in Missouri and being like I am the only one who's <laughs> combining dance and video and then coming to the pillow and realizing there's this ecosystem. Did you have a similar learning curve as well in those sort of like more formative years and, you know, what what was that like for you to develop?
4: You mean like catching the moments and things like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean this, the the huge difference obviously between photography and video is that I keep recording. <laughs>
2: you get all of the moments. Yeah.
4: And it's funny. Yeah. I, I get all of the moments, but you know, when you have a wide camera capturing the full stage and then you have a close camera, you really do have to be on those moments. Um, yeah. I mean, I think anything's always a learning curve. I say to like all my interns or people that, you know, I've collaborated with and worked with that it just takes practice. It's just like, I mean, I've shot over thousands of shows probably at this point, you know, so it just takes a lot of practice of just knowing that timing. And I think the thing that's interesting that I've actually really noticed um, that now is like my, I guess my next step to kind of understanding choreography is I can really tell there's, a, there's choreographers that have really choreographed for the camera and maybe they don't realize it, or maybe they do realize it. But like Justin Peck, for example, I feel like I can always get his moments because I, I feel like he just, the way he moves the dancers on the stage, I feel like I'm never going to lose anyone. Um, so he, and and so I, 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 I don't know if I had a learning curve because I was so in dance. I think it might have just been just continuing to practice. Can so I, I g- say, oh, can ahead, I say one Chris. more thing about that?
1: Yeah. I think for, Peggy, I'm, it's not I'm, i don't want to say it's easy to like get the moments but i again like i have experience and a knack for it so like i'm feel like i'm like pretty good at it i think the tougher thing is sometimes knowing choosing which moments to like to deliver because i am yeah. delivering like selects you know if i if i sh- you know and, and thinking specifically and kudos to my assistant in Atlanta, Chanel Resto, she's a former dancer as well, and she's a photographer, so she helps me to pick some of those really exciting, dynamic moments. But there's a, there was, you know, the other night, I don't know who saw um, uh, Sarah Mern's Solo, um, I think the piece is called Solo, it right? It is. By Justin Peck. And so, when I was picking the photos to deliver, I was trying to decide, like, is a a beautiful arabesque, like the moment, or is that emotional, like sort of look on her face and like you know tension in her body more like the moment in terms of like a, a photograph. I mean, here she is, this incredible principal dancer from New York City Ballet. Like, do we want to show her full like extension? Is that the photo I got that, or is it the one where she's again cringing, cringing, shrinking? You know, so those really emoting exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. exactly. which might not
2: be in like a technical
4: position at exactly the same time, but know? is
1: it the signature essence spirit you know of the piece you know so that's part of the the making those selections as well
4: yeah and actually so maybe that's more what you're talking about also because when we're choosing so maybe when I'm filming the live performance like what I was just talking about then you're making sure you're following those right moments but then there's the choosing of like the moments <laughs> for the sizzle or for a promo or for a short film or something like that. And I feel like that just continues to take to take practice. We're like scrubbing through the video because we have so much. I mean, you have a lot of photos to look through. So you're like going through the photos. We're scrubbing through the video, trying to find that moment. And I feel like we have the same thing. It's like, you know, is it, is it, is it that in Don Q, is it the pirouette or is it like them, you know, being, being together? Being together, yeah.
0: Right.
1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: I guess my question is, when you're presenting your work and you think about people who are either here in person or online consuming your content, what do you think is something that the casual viewer might not realize has gone into that? That is a huge component mm-hmm. of, of what you've produced, Chris. do you want to
1: That's a tough question. I, I think one of, the, one of the things I really focus on is speed of delivery, because um, you know something that happened two days ago is kind of old news. You know people are looking at what happened yesterday, and then tomorrow they're looking at, you know I don't know. The casual viewer, we scroll fast past photos so fast, I mean, I, I I heard like you consume a photo in like a 20,000th of a second or something, and then you're on to the next one. So um, I don't know, the, the quicker I can put great photos in people's hands who can use them is something that I really work on all the time.
2: And you do a fantastic job at it. I can vouch. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Mel, how about you? What do you think is Something that someone might not fully realize is sort of on display behind your videos. Um,
4: I would say, like the blood, sweat, and tears that we all go through, too. Uh, <laughs>
1: uh, can I answer that for <laughs> Nell? N- Nell has an incredible musicality in the in the films that she makes, and um, a, and that's something that I don't think you realize. Like when you when you watch a film and you forget that you're watching a film, um, there's some magic to it and Nell just has this incredible she's she's she learned that as a technical idea like many years ago and has continued to like hone that as one of the basics fundamentals of making a film. I mean, they're dancing to music. She's making her films to music.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's a that's something that people especially when it's done really well, you never know that it's there.
4: Yeah, and I think that's a tricky thing. I mean, I think that you, it's like yeah, you don't really know. You're like, "Oh, that looks beautiful." And you don't really know maybe the work that's that's behind that. I mean, I know you could say that probably about everything, or you don't really know that that looks good until you see something really bad. And mm-hmm. and like yeah. you see, <laughs> yeah. like all of a sudden, like I've had many experiences where people, you know, so many of my clients have said, "Oh, I had you know the person didn't press record, or they didn't know what to film, or that you just know, made me feel like I was falling down an elevator oh shaft. No, <laughs> forgot I to know. press record." <laughs>
1: Battery, yeah. ran power, battery ran out of power didn't get our shell. footage for eight months like
4: yeah. yeah there's a lot of there's there's a lot there's of, horror stories there's there's horror stories but I would say the musicality I would say I would just say the thought behind it like you know Lauren and Ashley like our masters along with um, you know we've all been working together for such a long time we've all been putting so much work into this and so I think what people don't see is the way we put two, two shots together. I mean, you'll watch the sizzles, and it's like the way that the music goes from this piece to the next piece. So, and how it feels seamless. I mean, that's our job, like, to make it feel seamless. And And I think it's really a good point. I think about this all the time, because when I, as an editor, like, I'll be sitting with someone, or even I'll be sitting with myself, and I will adjust something by, like, one frame. So there's, like, we film sometimes 23.98 frames per second or sometimes 29.97 frames per second. So if you think I move something one frame and sometimes that can make the biggest difference to what to what you're looking at. So I think I think that's what, you know, but what what people don't see but at the same time like I think we we want them to just We we don't want them to think about that. Yeah, I definitely, I
2: agree with you in the sense that it's not really on display, but when we're currently working on a mix of the international evenings that happen on Saturday, it's 16 different clips, and certainly when I work with um, less experienced videographers or students during the year, putting together 16 different clips really feels like someone who does not know how to drive a stick-shift car. (laughs) Like, it's like, uh, 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 like, every change is abrupt every change mm-hmm. feels sudden mm-hmm. and so to be here with an, i feel spoiled during the summer because i'm just like that looks great everything's great <laughs> <laughs> it's like it feels like we're all of a sudden just like smoothly transitioning from one thing to the other. or you'll say
4: every single transition feels good except for this one and i'm wondering yeah. what you think i'm wondering what you think exactly yeah there's there's a there's a great collaboration i'll never for just when you say that just going back i'll never forget my first year here was 2011 um, as you all can imagine, when Damien asked me to, you know, I got the call for Damien to ask me to come here. I was like about to fall on the floor and die and go to heaven. Um, and, but then in 2011, it was just Lauren and I here. We were just filming on two cameras. And I'll never forget the first day. We had to deliver the edit the next day. So it was very fast. Um, and I like walked over and showed Damien the edit. And I was just like, <laughs> and then he's like, I like it, you know, so, <laughs> but, but it's but all these it's high going, pressure moments where yeah. it's like, oh, that's fine. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But he's really, he's really helped with those moments too. I mean, I, I really feel like I have to give major kudos to, to him of just continuing to trust and groom us on making those decisions fast, like Christopher said, and also just being very thoughtful about how we string everything together. Yeah. I agree.
2: Chris, wondering if you could talk a little bit about what your favorite part of being at the festival is.
1: Mm, my favorite part of being at the festival is really watching how excited the dancers are to be together. I mean, that just like, makes me want to cry every time. They, here are all these <coughs> incredible stars that are so excited to be together and so excited to create together. And there's just such fellowship and camaraderie and excitement <coughs> uh, amongst them. That really gets me. That's, that's my most favorite part of, sort of, of all of it. And seeing all of these incredible artists creating things together in such a uh, warm, friendly, collaborative, supportive environment. Um, people are very kind to each other. Um, all of that is fabulous, but from a photography perspective, like I love being able to work one-on-one and create portraits that um, that are reflective of the environment. You know, so you know when you see, and, and I get to work and collaborate with these beautiful artists. Like yesterday, I or, or the beginning of the festival, I took Aji Sisoko to this um, <laughs> um, aspen grove and you know here she is with these legs that seem to just be like 12 feet long you know and just so gorgeous and (coughs) and with these beautiful white trunk you know aspen trees and in this far and she just like she just got excited and she just sort of like took to it and like you know there goes one leg and there goes this and there goes that and to be able to feel like i can bring my voice to it you know and, and to have the photograph be reflective of the of the essence of the Dancer, the artist as a dancer, and also to evoke the feeling of being in veil. so it has you know, so when you see that picture, it feels good because I'm working for the marketing department. So to be able to you know use those pictures for for marketing um, and then also have that feeling that I'm bringing my voice to it too. like that's that's what excites me from from a photographic perspective.
2: I mean, you really do pull together so many things because sometimes I feel badly just being like, okay. Chris, here's what we'd like. We'd like this person somewhere that's very iconically Vail and also like <coughs> pointed feet in some sort of costume that mm-hmm. feels like one of the pieces of rep that we're doing but also is like, come to the Vail Dance Festival and you will only see this here. And it's just, there are a lot of things that are happening inside of any individual portrait that you're shooting. So. Add on
1: top of that, like everyone's schedule is super busy. They've gone from rehearsal uh. to rehearsal. They're really tired. You know, the sun is really hot. Um, you know, they've got a show tonight. Like, there's a lot of other factors that are challenges that are incorporated into those photos as well.
2: (laughs) I think, you know, when we're in our sort of, like, non-veil lives at sea level, um, (laughs) a photo shoot can last for hours, and you will not get a photo that looks like one of your photos. And these photo shoots sometimes are, like, 15, 20, 30 minutes. Yes. It's really astonishing.
1: Sometimes shorter than that. Yes, but sometimes, like, Aji really gave me a, a lot of time, you know, um, and Chun, yesterday morning, Chun's <laughs> Chun, uh, you know, I had text with him before the festival, and I was like, hey, I'm excited. I, had, I normally met him, but I hadn't really worked with him, and I said, hey, you know, maybe we'll get a chance to make a portrait, if, you know, I hope you're open to it, like, bring some fun clothes to work, you know, work in, and he said, yeah, 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 let's do it, and then when we saw each other, he, he said, let's do it, and, and then the festival goes by so Fast, So fast. It takes a couple of days for people to kind of, myself included, acclimate, get the schedule going, da-da-da-da-da. Next thing you know, two days left, you know. And so um, he DM'd me on Instagram a couple days ago and said, hey, you know, can we still do this? I said, yeah, of course. And he says, "Um, are you a morning person? And I said, well, yes. I get up pretty early in the morning. And he wanted to do a sunrise shoot.
2: That was his idea? That
1: was his idea that was his idea. I did not idea. see that coming. I would not ask, I wouldn't put that demand on people, you know, I'm, or I wouldn't, I never even made that suggestion, but it was his idea, and uh, so we started watching what time the sun kind of comes up, and what time it comes over the mountain. Anyway, so we decided to meet at 6 30 yesterday morning. It's cold, the sun hadn't yet come over the horizon, and uh, I took him to a spot that i hadn't been at sunrise but it had been a couple other times during the day and yeah so and he gave me two hours like i didn't realize it was going to be two hours but next two thing you know hours. i got home at 8 30 and i was like what have you been doing like,
2: <laughs> where are you only unveiled do you wait like you know uh, you wake up and the person that you're rooming with is just like vanished for hours yeah, time. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it was like no,
1: like we you know we could have made photos quickly. You know, the artist always brings an idea. I always bring a couple of ideas I have pre-scouted, so I know you know I have some ideas about the location and stuff. And I try to use people's time as efficiently as possible. Um, I think and that comes from my wedding background because you know uh, we have a few moments to make photos, and sometimes couples you know we've got to do the whole family during cocktail hour and da 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 da. So like I, I work very fast.
2: Mel, how about you? What do you look forward to most shooting the festival?
4: Well, I look forward to this festival all year long. Me too. Um, this is like, <laughs> Ashley's shaking her head too. This is like, I don't. I mean, this is my thirteenth year. I don't know if you know that, but um, well, both of us. Um, and I just, I love working with artists. Like, I just love. I I um, I, I just really enjoy how open they are, especially at this festival. Like, there they're just is a vibe that Damien has created that everyone is just so willing. And like, even with everyone's huge schedule, it's like they're just still so so willing. So like yesterday, Ashley and I um, interviewed Little Buck and Devon about their new piece that's going to be on the, the Now premieres tonight. And they're just so, like, we're texting together and they're just like, sure, where? Where do you want to meet? Yeah, that sounds great. Sure, oh, we could do it then. And we ended up doing it on a chairlift, side note. That was really fun. That was Ashley's dream, is to be <laughs> on a chair... Like, have a, an interview on a chairlift. It was not moving. It was okay, okay. still. Um, but but I, I've actually always wanted to do an interview on the gondola, too. Moving. Moving. Well, you, you do moving. like to work fast, okay. Yeah, yeah, I do. But anyway, I would just say, it's just being with the artist. It's like yesterday... I'm, I'm, I'm backstage a lot because I'm going down to where I'm mixing from. And so I, I see them a lot and we're in rehearsals with them a lot. And we just, you know, I'm chatting with Calvin Royal Third the other day, you know, and we're just like talking about whatever. And it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. a magical place. My favorite part. I think coming here year
2: after year, one of the things that has impacted me so deeply that I take into the other jobs that I, I do Um, is to say only yes and and no but. So like, no, but I could do this, right? Mm. Like come to the table if someone asks you for something. Even if it's impossible, try to find something that's close to what they're trying to ask you Uh to do. And so much of that comes from the work that the three of us do together. I would say 100%. <laughs> yeah. Like, we are trying to be in a million different places at the same time. We're trying to capture
4: all of the moments of the festival, and it can be really, it can be challenging, I think. There is such a willingness. Like, I mean, even I'm emailing with Damien this morning, and he's like, could you live stream the performance at the intermission? Like, we're live streaming tonight. We
2: are live streaming tonight. Tonight we're live streaming. I don't Please know that this episode
4: friend. will go out that quickly. <laughs> right. But
2: it's going to be up for at least a week, everyone who's listening to this right now.
4: Yeah. But Damien's like, do you, we were talking about what music we should have during intermission because the music that you all hear at the show is, um, is popular music. So we were going to use some different music for the live stream audience. And then he's like, do you think you could, um, could we just live stream the intermission? Like when they're playing on that little stage, right near the concessions. And I, it's like what you just said, Kate, I was like, there was no no but or yes and. <laughs> there was like let me find out. Yeah. And then now there will, there will be maybe a no, but we could do this. Yeah. Um, but I'm going I'm trying to make it happen.
2: It's always just like trying to make it work and pivoting and things like that.
4: Yeah. Um. For sure.
2: Last questions before we open it up to the audience to ask anything is what is going to happen in your professional lives between
4: now and the 2024 festival? Anything coming up on your calendars? Oh my goodness. Um, well, I just continue to do whatever comes to us. Um, we, we're doing... Um, every year we do a live stream at Lincoln Center for, the, for 9-11, for the Table of Silence with the Buglouzi Dance Theater. So that is upon us. I'm going to Jacob's Pillow next. We're finishing out our season there. Um, it, we still have two weeks after this week of Jacob's Pillow. And then um, continuing, we're making a few films with some some dance companies um, in the fall, and then just continuing to see what is on the horizon and um, and and what continues to come to come to us. And it, it feels actually like a very busy fall. So, but we'll be we'll be counting down the days. Chris, so how about year. you?
1: Um, we leave here and go straight back to the Jacob's Pillow Dance Festival. Um, so, and Martha Graham will be there. So, all the dancers that I didn't get a chance to make portraits with here in Vail last week—they're um, already reaching out to me. Hopefully, we can work together next week in um, in Jacob's Pillow. So that's exciting. Um, and I have weddings every weekend from September to Thanksgiving. So I'll be doing a lot of weddings, and that hopefully,
2: like a lot of—that's a lot of work.
1: It's it's a lot of work. I, I'm really lucky that. I love doing it and I'm lucky um, yeah that I, I love it. So that, so that's good. And then, you know, maybe Fall for Dance. Sometimes they call me to shoot Fall oh, for Dance. Oh, we are
4: filming every single show. It's the 20th anniversary of Fall for Dance. So oh. the New York Public Library, we film for them. And so yes, Christopher, we are going to be involved <laughs> in that. A lot of a lot of I think there's like four shows. Yeah. We have people in our comments section
2: responding to some of the pieces that have been made in Vail and hoping that they show up in Fall for Dance. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. All right, I want to open it up to the audience.
4: Christopher, you talked
2: about pulling out your camera from your hip uh, during rehearsals, and I'm wondering, uh, when I'm doing a video of something I like and then I say, put down your camera and enjoy it as the whole thing, you're not Mm. experiencing it the same way. Do you find you like at rehearsals to watch it as a viewer might, before you focus in with your camera um, or are you focusing in with your camera from the start?
1: I'm really focusing with my camera from the start and um, it brings up an interesting point like oftentimes like uh, Nell and I will both be shooting a, a show say at the Joyce Theater in New York City and they'll send me on Tuesday afternoon to shoot the dress rehearsal and I'll go and I'll shoot the dress rehearsal and I'm looking at it through my lens and I'm trying to make a picture and I'll come home and Nell will be like how is the show? and I'm like I'm yeah it was you know I I liked it and then she's <laughs> like
2: I'm not sure I watched it
1: <laughs> and she'll come she'll watch the live show that night or the next night before she films it and she'll say that was amazing that was so wonderful it's a totally different experience it's a totally different I really love the experience of photographing so I'm happy to have that but it's a completely different experience to sit and watch a show um, and and you know, with your eyes and with your peripheral vision and listening to the music and listening, seeing the whole stage and watching the, you know, the arc of everything. Um, so it's a different experience.
5: Uh, No, you used the word documentation and Mm -hmm. I wanted to focus on that for a moment because, uh, Balanchine, of course, famously talks about dance as ephemeral, it's gone here, it's gone, Mm -hmm. and whatever. But for those of us who didn't have the opportunity to see something, we wish it weren't gone. Uh, And I think, you know, you can look on YouTube now and find things from the history of dance that was photographed by accident. It's crappy, it's fuzzy, it only shows a little partial something of something. But to have that is important. And I've heard Damien talk here about, well, we've reconstructed this piece that was lost from rehearsal videos that New York City Ballet has. And I'm sure that none of that looks like the product that you put out, which is so wonderful. Do you think about, and is it part of your function besides the marketing and making the sizzle reels, Mm -hmm. to actually try to document Mm -hmm. some of the pieces which happen here, which may get to happen again someplace only if there is... Some something to work from. Yeah. Uh, so, is is there any effort to try to record, sort of in the round, what's happening, for the for an archive for the future?
4: For sure. I mean, I my practice is always to have um, what we'll call it a wide camera. Um, in a one cam- when I'm just filming with one camera, I call it wide as the action. You know. Um, so I would say we, we always have that wide camera and then we'll have a closed camera and then say we have the side camera that's a third camera or a fourth camera. Um, depending on, you know, here we have four cameras. But that wide camera is priceless for that very reason. So And I feel like Damien throughout the, the year will ask me for it. And what we do for them, everyone in Vail, is the nine shows that we film, we put on Vimeo. Um, for their archive, their Vimeo archive, the wide camera, and then the mix. We call it the mix of the show, of the all, all four cameras. So when, and, and I mean, Damien actually just asked me this for even older shows. He said, can you, I think we didn't have them up on Vimeo because it was like DVD era, like when I first started here. Um, and so then I had to go back into my archive and find that wide camera and upload that to him um, to Vimeo because I think he was recreating, um, one of the works. So yes. And I do that for my clients in New York. Like I, I, that wide camera is, we always say is the most important camera. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely, oh, go ahead. I want to add
1: two things to that In that Nell, uh, Nell Shelby productions, like there's a person on every camera, like Nell never does a robot camera to like, you know, set up a camera in the back of the room and turn it on doesn't do that, and also all of Nell's people are former dancers, and mm-hmm. have been long been training with Nell directly for the you know the, sort of the NSP way to capture, to be sure, but one other piece was that Nell's dream was to be a dancer on a cruise ship.
2: <laughs> I didn't know that. She
1: could not make the live audition, and they said, no problem, send a tape, back when they had tapes. Nell says, great, I have a tape. The tape was so bad it was this wide, wide shot. I'm getting chills thinking about it. And Nell was this tiny little bl- white spot in the middle of the thing. What was so bad, she cried and could not send it in. And, and she, Nell has dedicated her life so that artists never have that problem again.
4: Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah, it's true, it's true. Yeah, I was actually on that. If just as a side note, I was singing cabaret um, on that <laughs> in a pink sparkly dress and. Um, Nobody, nobody knows. <laughs> we buried the video in the, in the bad place. Or, is, yeah, or it just looked like a little ant on the screen. <laughs>
2: I do think, so one of the things that a lot of people do is that we privately do host archival footage. And so when you see something where a lot of rehearsal work has happened and a lot of coaching has happened, and then maybe a new cast needs to do it in two years, three years, next year, one of the first things that often gets sent to a new dancer is here is the video. And we start to learn the steps from from that video. Mm-hmm. So Nell is a huge part of there being a smooth transition into thinking about programming for for the next festival.
4: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it is it is like a skill, even just with that wide camera, like what you were saying, the video that you see on the on online or wherever. You know, there's just so many things that you have to, like, be aware of, like, the exposure, um, you know, so if, if, like, those that you saw, maybe they weren't looking at the exposure, so everyone just looks like a white blob, right? And then, and then you can't really see the choreography, so uh, it's all, it all continues to be very important, that, that really is, like I said before, the core, like the, of the work that I do, and I've always done.
2: Any other questions?
6: So by the next day Lauren Lovett had posted it her fall onto Instagram. Right. Um, and I assumed it was your video. Mm-mm. No. It was not. No.
4: no. It was
1: one of the no. it was one of the ballroom dancers backstage. Yeah, filmed yeah, backstage. yeah, Yeah, they
4: filmed her backstage. I think that's Denise, what happened.
1: Den- Dennis Dennis?
4: Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we you, did capture it though. <laughs> yeah.
6: I mean, it, do, in situations do like that it's always up to the dancer. for cuts out of things. From time to time, say, give me. A little oh
4: bit. yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I can't remember what I was just working on. Yeah, all the time. You know, oh, all that, the choreographers
2: the tonight didn't... will get a short video of, yeah. their, of their excerpt.
4: Yeah, they'll get they'll get their the wide in the mix. But but yes, if we were if I was working with those choreographers from tonight and we were going to edit together, there very well could be a moment, oh, you know, that person didn't look as great in that moment. Can we try another angle of the camera? Yeah.
6: Well, it's probably just as well, because there were some unfortunate reflections in the lens that would not... Yeah. It would not have been a good video for you to have shot. No. It was (laughs)
2: shot from a phone by a friend, the one that Lauren posted. (laughs)
1: Sometimes, too, um, you know, not in this case, but like...
6: Sometime. I'm gonna ask another one and then you can ask oh. one.
4: I was
1: just gonna say sometimes too, if there's technical issues or a or dancer falls or something, the, they might ask to do a reshoot. You know, like if, if especially like say the Joyce Theater or whatever, like there's multiple shows. You know, can we shoot another night to kind of get it? So maybe the lighting was off or the you know, blackout came too soon or something, something.
4: I, I dread that. There's always the <laughs> night, like there's always the, the like, I don't know, choreographers for a while had, people that I would work with would have like this thing about Friday nights. Don't film on a Friday night. I don't I you know, my dancers aren't as great on a Friday night. Okay. And and but I was like, shouldn't they be good all the time? Like that's kinda <laughs> 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 I think so sometimes there are opening night jitters.
2: Last, last day,
6: I so I get to do two in a row. <laughs> <coughs> this young man is gonna grow up and be encouraged to follow his <laughs> own passion and do his own thing. But I have this vision of Benjamin Rebecca's son interviewing him 30 years from now, Uh and him saying, well, the way I got started was when I was little, my dad made me sit on the floor and shoot video instead of just watching. Is he getting big training?
4: Actually, yesterday we were on a hike, and um, Jack said, again, "Um, Mom, I might take over your business. Hmm. So I guess, yeah, he definitely, during COVID, he helped Christopher with audio and, and some things, and... He is definitely—he's grown up here at the festival. I was actually pregnant with him, and here, and Jack has grown up. Gracie has grown up at the festival, so so for sure, we'll yeah, see. So we'll the, see what happens. So <laughs> the
1: gentleman's referring to our nine-year-old son Jack, mm-hmm. who is sitting here in the front row and and uh, getting some getting some footage of us for our, our Instagram posts later today. <laughs> so thanks, Jack. Um, but the both of our kids, uh, Gracie and Jack, have been exposed to you know great art from the womb and all, you know, all year long. I mean, we go to see shows and, uh, you know, we go to backst- backstage after the show because we know people on Broadway and this and that. And our kids think that that's what Normal. everybody does. You know, it's, <laughs> you know there we were, we went to the Nutcracker and I had shot one of the dancers, um, um, actually artistic director, uh, John Stafford and Brittany, you know, I shot their wedding. And so when we went to the Nutcracker, I text Brittany, I was like, hey, can you know, you know, can we, can we say hi after the show? Meaning like, can we come backstage? And we brought Gracie's friend, Valentina, and her mom, and there we were after the show, standing on stage. You know, the curtain had gone back up, and there we were, and we're talking with the sugar plum and the dewdrop, and you know. And I looked at Gracie's friend, Valentina's mom, and I said, Isn't Valentina loving this? And the mom looked at me, she's like, Oh my God, I've never been on stage. (laughs) This is amazing. You know. (laughs) So our kids are lucky that they get to grow up around all this stuff. And they're both beautiful. Jack's is is a wonderful musical theater budding star and Gracie is a writes music and plays the guitar. And we're very proud parents.
2: (laughs) Sarah, are you gonna ask the final question of Live? Well, knowing that Christopher
1: is still an active wedding photographer, I have to ask you to
5: share your biggest wedding disaster experience <laughs> not necessarily
1: yours but a wedding that had a disastrous experience it's pretty sad i don't think i want to share that <laughs>
2: yeah, he's gonna plead the fifth yeah maybe
1: something, mean, funny something funny something funny that
2: everyone felt totally fine about and could laugh at in the moment
1: um or laugh at afterwards oh,
4: you know what? is it the garbage can one Oh God, the
1: traumatizing. Filming. I'll yeah. tell you, I, I, I'll tell you one of my lucky, lucky disaster slash worked out okay moments was I got um a, a couple took me to Jamaica, um and I, then I took my family to Jamaica to shoot this wedding. It was like a it was basically like a three day wedding. While I was there, I got pink eye in my right eye, which is the eye that I look through the lens with. And um thank I mean so I literally had this like fog across my eye, and I couldn't really see anything.
2: <laughs> Nothing that you would need to take photos, So, right?
1: lo- I mean, you know, thank God for autofocus, you know, um, and things really worked out okay, but man, I was, I was, I was in trouble. <laughs> and you can't call for backup. I mean, I was, I was in Jamaica, you know, like, what was I going to do?
2: No,
4: so. what's something funny that you've caught on camera? Oh, well. <laughs> Maybe Lauren Lovett falling. No, I'm just kidding. Um that that actually was not funny. I felt like she recovered so incredibly well. If you all saw that. I mean, that and had a beautiful post on Instagram. I thought that actually was really lovely. Um gosh, I I don't know, we just have bloopers all the time. I mean Life is you, bloopers. Life is bloopers. So when you have and especially when you have a video camera on, you know, it's a little different than photography again. You know, you're recording all the time. So I just, I I cannot think of a moment right now. But, okay. but there there has been moments, for sure.
2: Well, I want to thank both of you for joining us for those final conversations on dance. Thank you, everyone, for coming. And here we go. We are entering our final performance of the 2023 Veil Dance Festival tonight at 7.30 Mountain. It will be live-streamed on YouTube, 9.30 Eastern. It will be up for a week. Now premieres, nine choreographers, nine new works. Unless there's a late... Breaking change that I don't know about. And we're just so excited. Thank you all so much. Thank
0: you. Thank, thank you. Kate. Kate,
2: thank you.
3: Conversations on Dance is part of the ACAST Creator Network. For more information, visit Conversations on Dance Pod pod.com.